Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. We're talking about the good news. <laughs> that is right, Nicole, the good news. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about you, but I love hearing good news. Like, when, um, well, it depends how you hear it. Sometimes I used to get annoyed because my brother, he would, um, every Christmas, he would always wake up first and go through my presents and then come in and tell me what I got before I could even, like, have the surprise of opening it up. He'd come in and be like, oh, you got, you got, like, a scooter, you got this. I'm like, I don't want to hear what I got. I want to go see what I got and experience it. But, um, I do love hearing good news. Um, it's exciting. I think good news is great. Um, and, and we have the best news ever. Pardon? Oh, we have the best news ever. And that is Jesus Christ. That is the best news. Greater than any scooter I ever got. Greater than any $50 I got from my nan. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but as my nan gets older, she seems to give me more money because she seems like her life is coming to an end. So like, I don't know if, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not going to stuck in like a, yes, I get more money, but I'm like, oh no, nan thinks she's, but in saying that, my nan has been saying she's like going to pass away for like the last 10 years. Um, and I know this might be a bit weird. You might, this is a bit off topic, but you might think it's a bit weird, but like there was one Christmas there. Now this was like eight years ago, right? And we were discussing how we were going to get my nan, if she passed away, back down to be buried next to her husband. <laughs> this was like a big family. Like, it was, it was, it was over Christmas lunch. It was, it was fine. Um, and, like, and my nan's like, just stick me on a plane and pretend I'm still alive. I don't care how I get there. Just get me there. And we're like, whoa, okay. that's Anyway, yep, that was very off topic. Probably wasn't even needed to be said. But uh, we have the greatest news ever. And that good news is Jesus Christ. We have the news that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came down, died on the cross for our lives, shed his blood for our sin, showed us grace and mercy so that we could have eternal life. Like we get eternal life. We get eternal life. Come on, now, if, if like, Queensland or, or something was about to win the state of origin, y'all be going berserk, and that's a football game, but we get eternal life. Yeah, come on. That is some good news. Better than hearing that New South Wales beat the Maroons. <laughs> Jason's like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I don't even care what you have to say. But that is some good news. And, um... I thought, like, I've been, lately, I've been um, reading the book of Matthew, and um, I've been loving it, and, um, and I've been going through it nice and slowly, because I really want to focus on how Jesus lived. You know what I mean? Like, he is the good news, so I'm like, I want to know how the good news lived. I want to know what he did. I want to know how he treated people. And um, I've been really focusing on that, is how, how did Jesus treat people? How did Jesus handle situations? And... Um, it's been amazing. Like, I've been loving it. Like, 
Whereas before, I would get angry at someone when they would tell me something. I'm like, I think straight away, what would Jesus do? I'm like, man, he just loved people. And then sometimes I get frustrated. And I'm like, I just want to hate them. But I know I can't because I've got to be like Jesus. And Jesus would have loved them. Like, I don't know about you, but Jesus must have got frustrated, man. Like, he would have probably seen some people and be like, you, I love you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I don't, that's me anyway. Um, but see, Jesus is, is all them things. He's our savior and all this. And I wanted to look and see how Jesus lived his life. And see, I think we can learn a lot from Jesus. I don't know about you, but I, I think Jesus has a lot to offer. Not just salvation. Like that isn't, that's like, come on, like that's the greatest gift ever being given and the greatest news. But he has so much more to give than just salvation. Like we don't just stop there and go, yep, we got salvation. I don't need to hear about Jesus anymore. No way in the world. Like there is so much more to give. And now I got three different things that Jesus did or didn't do. One was Jesus lived a selfless life. And this message is kind of a message to us to go like, we need to step up our game. And it's to me as well. Like I'm not up here saying I'm perfect and I'm telling you what to do. I'm saying what I believe we need to do as a church if we want to see our community and our region impacted by the love of God. Not judged, but loved. Um, Because I don't know about you, but a lot of people have the the perspective, is that the right word? of church, that when you walk in, you get judged. Because they think that people in church think they're better than everyone else. And I've spoken to a fair few people, and they're like, no, nah, I'm not coming to church. I'm like, oh, why not? Or they're like, I don't go to church. Or I, don't, I, I believe in God, but I don't go to church. I'm like, why? And oh, they're just full of judgmental people. And I sit there, and I'm like, well, it's potentially true because, like, you don't go to church because you're perfect. You know what I mean? Like for me in my life, like I needed Jesus. That's why I was at church. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's something that we can work on as a church. You know what I mean? That we can work on that whole judgmental thing. And, and, but Jesus lived a selfless life. In um, Matthew twenty six thirty nine, it says, Going a little head, he fell on his face praying. My father, if there is any way, get me out of this. But please, not what I want, you. What do you want? Have we ever asked God that? When we go to do something? When we go to make a big decision? When we go to buy that new car or buy that new house? Or or when we go to make these decisions, do we ever stop and go, God... Not what I want, but what do you want? God, is there something else I could be doing with what I have right now? Instead of trying to make it be about me and focus on me, what do you want? See, Jesus lived a life that was selfless. He knew, and this was when he was talking about when he knew that he was going to go to the cross and he was going to die for the sins of humanity. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that would be a very pleasant thing to do. Like if, if, you, hear, if you read your Bible about what actually happened, it, it's, it's pretty gruesome. In Isaiah, it talks about that Jesus' face was unrecognizable. 
like he was beaten and bashed so bad. I don't know about you, but he knew it was coming and, and he probably didn't really want to do it. But he said, God, can you please get me out of this? But even if you like, but I don't want it to be about me. I want to be, I want it to be about you. God, what, what is best for you? What is best for the people? And I think sometimes we need to actually just stop and ask ourselves this question. When we're driving our cars, this one's a big one for me. Lani says to me, she's like, the only time I ever really see you angry is when you're driving. It's sometimes true. <laughs> Especially when I'm trying to get to church on a Sunday morning and people are doing 60 along the highway. It's an 80k zone. Nah. <laughs> But I contradict myself because I'm going to church. So I'm like, oh, I need to check myself. But in them moments, ask ourselves, God, not what do I want? Because right now what I want isn't the best. But what do you want? Let's learn to be selfless and let's learn to ask ourselves these questions. Because I think that's one of the most selfless things you can do is go, you know what, God, not what I want, but what do you want? What's going to best benefit these people? God, how am I going to best show love to that person in the car in front of me? How am I going to show love to that person up there? How am I going to show love to that person at Macca's that just swore at me and went off at me? How am I going to show love to to them kids at school that are picking on me and bullying me? Not what I want, because right now I want to go up and punch them in the face. But God, I don't want to do what I want. I want to do what you want. God, I want to be selfless, just like Jesus. One thing I think is amazing that Jesus did was he, he didn't love for any gain of his own. You know what I mean? Like he really put himself out there to love people. He knew that when he loved the tax collectors and that, that people were going to automatically come, come at him and start to judge him and be like, why are you loving them? They're sinners. Why? And he had all these people coming at him. Like Jesus knew. But he was like, you know what? Not what I want, but God, what you want. And God, what you want is for me to show your love and your grace for you want me to share the good news. The good news about who you are. And sometimes we need to make sacrifices. Like what are we willing to give up to see others prosper? And it's hard, I know, in our culture, we're always fighting to be the one getting the upper hand. We're always the ones trying to step up. And we've got that tall poppy syndrome. When someone else is doing good, we find something to pull them down. But how about when someone's doing good, we continue to encourage them. We continue to uplift them. We continue to be like, come on, you're doing an amazing job. Keep going. And maybe that will be when someone's heart changes. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting, like, my brothers, they, they've got good jobs and stuff like that. And, and God really put on my heart, because I used to, like, go fishing with them and stuff. And they'd be like, oh, you're going to chip him for petrol? I was like, no, you got heaps of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm a chaplain. <laughs> they work it out a point. <laughs> I'm like, come on. <laughs> you pay more tax than I earn. This is ridiculous. <laughs> And God really put on my heart one time. He's like, you know what? Why why should they have to pay it all? Just because they're doing better doesn't mean they have to pay your way. Why can't you bless them? And I was like, wow, okay, thank you, God. 
So I started to put in, I started to pay, and, and then one time I was like, you know what, I'll just pay for the whole thing. And my brothers, because they all, like, they all tease me, because, like, I know they all, like, the whole joke is like, the, oh, oh, what, you're going to open your wallet? Oh, look out, don't, make sure you don't lose your moths, and all that kind of stuff, because <laughs> that, that's what, I've always been the youngest brother, so I've always been the one that's, like, just scabbing off them and stuff like that. But my brothers, man, they're, I don't know if they're, like, super business orientated, but they used to charge me to play their PlayStations. It's ridiculous. They used to, like, they used to, like, think they're the video store and hire games to me and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. But see, when we do things like that, when we, when we do things out of, order, out of the ordinary, I love what Pastor Zoran was talking to us about. He's like, dude, don't, don't just be ordinary. Be, be extraordinary. Like, do things different. Like, Maybe there is that rich person that everyone knows rich. Maybe you buy their meal. I don't know. Go buy the mayor a meal. I don't know if he's rich or not, but I assume he might be. But you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing I believe God wants us to do. God wants us to step out, and I believe that kind of thing is what can really touch people's hearts. Because they'd sit there and go, why? Because like people with money, they know they've got money. You know what I mean? Being selfless. Being Christ-like. Not doing anything for our own personal gain, but just doing it because we love people. You know, I mean, Jesus didn't, didn't go running around just so that people would, like, bow down, bow down to him. And just so people would, you know what I mean, just so he, he didn't get famous. He did it because he just loved people. And the ever, the, like, what happened was he became famous and because people realized that he's the Savior. But he did it because he loved people. He didn't do it to get any personal gain. He didn't do it so that social media could be like, whoa, look how good this person is. He literally just did it because he loved. Are we willing to sacrifice and give up things for others just because we love them? Are we willing to live a selfless life? The second thing, and I kind of touched on it at the start, but Jesus didn't judge. And I know this one's hard. Because I think we all struggle with this one, if we can be honest. Like, we see what some people wear. I don't know if, I don't know if it's more so a girl thing. But, like, I remember sitting down one time with my, um, with my mum and her friend. And they were sitting there. And um, they're just, like, looking out. And they're just, like, watching people. You know what I mean? And, like, every single person that walked past, they would, like, rate their outfit. Then they would have comments on their outfit. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, we're the fashion police. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> my brothers, they always tease me, especially about my shoes. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I like them. They're Jesus shoes. Makes me feel... More like Jesus. That's the point, isn't it? So if I could dress like Jesus, live like Jesus, I'm just become more like Jesus every day. But um, my brothers, not going to lie, they do not. They, you know, like when people dress in an era, but then they never leave that era, but everyone else moves on. That's my brothers. Like they're still wearing the same thing they wore as teenagers and they're like grown men. I was like, come on, guys. Get with the times. My mom, she was really excited. 
um, she bought her first pair of ripped jeans. Yeah, she tells me about them every time she sees me wearing ripped jeans. She's like, I've got a pair of them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, mum, good job. <laughs> Not really. I've, I should be more encouraging, but I, I wasn't. I was like, yeah, I know, mum. I get it. All right, you're cool. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but see, Jesus didn't judge. He didn't judge. Jesus lived a life of love and forgiveness. In um, Luke 23, 24. Now, I don't know about you, but this would be one of the hardest moments ever. It says, while they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. The soldiers, after they crucified him, gambled over his clothing. How crazy is that? How much love is that? That as his hands are being nailed, he's sitting there and going, Father, forgive them. Isn't that incredible? Like, just that in itself is like, wow. How amazing is our God? I don't know about you, but if I was the person nailing it, I wouldn't be able to. You know what I mean? Like, how? I'd be like, what? So you'd be swearing at me. <laughs> how are you? Like, it's, in, it's insane. That Jesus would love people. Like, they couldn't do anything for him. He wasn't getting any gain out of, out of asking for their forgiveness. But it was because he loved them. Jesus didn't see people for what they were. He didn't see them for what they were doing or the way they behaved. He just seen them as people that needed a savior. And I think sometimes we look in our community and we look at the way people behave and we look at the way people act and we automatically judge and go, man, they will never get to know Jesus. Man, they, they would never come to church. But they're the people that Jesus was like, hey, I'm coming to your house. Zacchaeus, you've been ripping everyone off. You've been taking everyone's money. Guess what? I'm coming over. You know, I mean, Jesus didn't look at people and go, oh, you're a bad person. I'm going to stay away from you. He was like, you're a bad person. You need what I've got to give. And see, that's the thing, church. We have something to give to our community. We have the good news living inside of us that we can carry with us as we go out there. And when we see people who are hurting, who are broken, we can walk up to them and go, hey, I've got something to give you. I've got something for you. Hey, I'm coming to you. I'm not, I'm not expecting you to come out here. I'm not expecting you to do this. I'm going to love you. I don't, I, I'm not going to look at what you're doing right now. I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to look at the way you're behaving, but I'm just going to come to you and I'm going to love you because you're a person and because God died on the cross for you just as much as he died on the cross for me. We have an opportunity to impact our town. 
through the grace and the love of Jesus. Because we carry the good news with us. He didn't condemn them and tell people that they were sinners, but he loved them and he taught with grace. Jeremy kind of stole my point, but I'm going to preach it anyway. In John 8, 4 to 11, it says, Then they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? They were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the laws of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, Let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Upon hearing that, his, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman, still standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, then certainly I don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from, from a life of sin. Jesus didn't walk up and go, you can't throw a stone because of this and this and this and this. You can't throw a stone because of this and this and this and this. You can't do it because of this. You have sin in your life. You, he didn't start to throw it at them. He just asked a question. And said, hey, did any of you not have sin? He wasn't there to condemn them. He wasn't there to judge them. He wasn't there to walk up to them and go, you've done wrong, you can't do it. You've done wrong, you can't do it. But he just stood there and literally said, he who hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. He said, hey, look, none of us are better than the other. And then he, he picks up this girl and says, hey, look, where's the people that accuse you? No one, neither do I. Neither do I condemn you. I know what you've done. I know where you've been. I know the type of person that you are at the moment, but I do not condemn you. Go on now and live a life free of sin. See, the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. He doesn't look at people and try and condemn them. He looks at people and wants to bring freedom into their lives. And the way we do that isn't by judging them. Half the time, people who know they're doing wrong already know that they're doing wrong. They don't need someone else to tell them. They need someone else to partner with them. They need someone else to get alongside them. They need someone else to love them, encourage them, and be there for them. Because everything around them is telling them how bad they are. And then I see it a lot that people start to get in these, these ruts and these cycles that they, they, they just like, oh, well, this is who I am. So this is who I'm going to be. And Jesus is like, that's not who you are. That may be what you're doing at the moment, but who you are is loved. Who you are is chosen. Who you are is a person with a plan and a purpose that I have set out before you. That's who Jesus is. And we can be that in our community. We can share the love and the hope of Jesus with the people around us. We don't have to condemn them. We don't have to bring them down. 
We don't have to look at them and judge them and go, oh, you can't do this because you're this. My last point was Jesus was a living testimony of God's grace. Wherever Jesus went, God's grace was there. Feeding 5,000, boast on my, again, because I'm stealing my stuff. (laughs) But see, God, Jesus had grace on these people. And he loved these people. He's like, let's feed them. Even though it was like, what? We can't feed them? How are we going to feed them? She's like, feed them. Because we love them. Because we care about them. Healing the sick. In Matthew 4.23, it says, Jesus ministered from place to place throughout all the province of Galilee. He taught in the synagogues, preaching the hope of the kingdom realm and healing every kind of sick and disease among the people. See, Jesus walked around healing people because he loved them. He walked around and he, he seen someone sick, someone hurting. And he's like, he, his heart broke for them. And was like, I don't want you to live like this. I've got something for you. I can change that. Because our God is a God of love. And Jesus walked around with love. And, and are we doing that? I was, um, I was super encouraged. Um, one day I was at work and I was walking along and I, I seen Uncle Daryl. And there's a lady, one of the other cleaners, she, she has a sore knee and it's got like a knee, she, she had like a knee strap on it and stuff like that. And I was walking along and I seen Uncle Daryl praying for this lady. And man, when I seen this, I was like that, wow. I was so encouraged. I was like, wow, that's God's love right there. Did she get healed? I don't know. But what I do know is that she knew someone was praying for her. She felt that love. That, that's amazing. And I just want to encourage you, if you see someone who's sick and you're like, oh, I'm a bit scared. What if they don't get healed? You know what? Maybe they don't get healed, but maybe that person has just received love. I was... um. I was talking to Luke, and um, one of his friends, uh, it was a guy that worked at his school. He was a teacher aide, and he was a football player, and he was playing for Mackay Cutters, and he, and he like tore his ACL or something, did something in his knee, and he couldn't play um, for a while. And, um, and Luke was like, oh, can I pray for you? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. So Luke prayed for him, right? And he's like, God, I just pray that you'll just heal. God, I just pray. And he's like, just prayed, prayed, and... And he's like, oh, is your knee okay? He's like, nah, 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 it's still bad, it's still bad. And then um, all of a sudden this guy started coming to church. And he went up to Luke and he was like, you know when you prayed for my knee? My knee didn't get better, but my heart did. Like, you never know what you were doing by praying for someone. Just letting them know that you're there. Like what was broken actually got healed. It wasn't just about the knee. And Luke didn't know that at the time. He just felt to pray for him. And he looked at the knee and was like, oh, it must be the knee. <laughs> like that's what, 
God wants us to do. He wants us to be them people, that we be a, a living testimony of God's grace. Walking around and seeing people who need prayer and going, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. Even if they don't get healed. You never know what that, that thought even of prayer, that act of you going up and praying for them could do in their life. If I could get the band up, please. Jesus healed because he loved. He went out and he prayed for people because he loved. And I just want to encourage us to to have that heart. You know what? God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, help me love the same way you love me. Bible talks about we can love because he first loved us. And if you're, if, if you're like, if you struggle and you're like, God, I, I struggle to love people. Maybe you also struggle, struggle to experience God's love for yourself. Maybe you struggle to open yourself up and be like, you know what? God does love me. God does actually love me. God did actually send his son to die on the cross for me. Man, Jesus loved the unlovable. He loved the people that no one else would. There's a story. Um, there was this one time Jesus was chilling by a well. And a Samaritan woman comes along to the well and it was about noon. And back in these times, Jewish people didn't associate with Samaritan people, especially not women. It's like a big no-no. And Jesus asked her, he's like, can I have a drink? And she's like, what? Why, why are you talking to me? And um, it's interesting that she went at noon because, like, it's hot there. And most people would go in the morning to get their water because it's like a, a bit of a walk. But they, they say that they reckon she, she went at noon because she wanted to avoid being around people. Because she was ashamed. And she didn't want to have to be near people. Someone who no one else probably liked or no one else wanted to be around or be near. And Jesus offered her living water. He's like, hey, you, you want living water? Water where you won't thirst again? Do you want the water that only the God of, of heaven can give? Only the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you want that, that salvation? Jesus was talking to her and and she had five different husbands. And then the guy she was with now was just a, a partner, still wasn't her husband. Did that bother Jesus? I, I think it's pretty cool about this story that Jesus offered her living water. Before they even spoke about how many husbands she had. Jesus still knew, but he still offered her living water. He still offered her hope and love and salvation before they even discussed the husbands. I think it's cool that Jesus knew who she was, knew what she had done.
And she, I think it would have been a big shock for her because she probably just thought that he thought she was a good person. And then when she realized, like, well, he offered me living water and he knows what I've done, this is something special. See, Jesus wasn't bothered by what she did. He was more concerned about who she is, a daughter of the Most High God. Just like we have a community out there that needs the good news. And God's chosen us to take it. The Bible says go out and make disciples. I think sometimes we get caught up in our, in, our, in our walls. And like, don't get me wrong, like church is so important and it's so good coming together on a Sunday to celebrate and encourage one another and equip one another so we can go out. But let's go out into our town. Show the love and grace of God. Like Sunday is only one day. You've got six other days to go out. Just saying. Even Sunday lunches, you get to go out. Sunday after church at night, if you're a party animal. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice, Jim. <laughs> but see, God wants us to go out. But see, we don't have to go out alone. Man, our God is so good that He goes with us. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.